Insert Coin Treks in Sci-Fi Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This will be podcast 619, incredible as that may be, for I think it's going to go out uh, next week on January 15th, 2017, and I have a special guest with me, Jen, from the Anomaly Podcast. Hi, Jen. Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. We're recording a little ahead of time, maybe a week or so before it's going out, but uh it uh, we um, we decided that uh, we were both reading this book and or listening to it. Did you listen to it or did you read it? I um, I saw Felicia Day talking about it. So I and then I saw that it was on Audible. So I picked it up there. Oh, okay. So we both so, did the same way then. I I, uh-huh. I, uh, I did the same thing with the audio book. But we're going to talk about uh, this book, which sounds like it's some kind of Roger Corman movie, uh, Dracula versus Hitler, <laughs> that you would see on late night television. Uh, but uh, but it's really good. And it's not anything really what you would think from the title in a way. I mean, it is, but it it's a lot more than that. So uh uh, but we'll get into that in a few minutes. And thanks for uh, for joining me. And uh, how were your holidays? Exciting? Were, yeah, they were good. <laughs> yeah, lots of traveling. Not very far, but it was driving used, here, you know, driving there, driving everywhere. Yeah, we used to when sleigh. Dave and I first got married. We had to do a lot more traveling. You know, this grandma had a, a thing, and this grandma had a thing, and we each both had grandparents on both sides so that yeah, was you end up eating like 12 dinners in one day and yeah you know, but uh yeah it's um it gets uh it go you go through waves of that you know and sometimes i i don't know i i i try to uh stick pretty close to home around christmas as much as possible but the uh it's a busy time you know i was telling somebody this last week at work you know that uh i i had about well, I got I guess I had about a week and a half off work or so, which seems like a lot. And and for me, because I don't really take a lot of time off in a row, you know, you get off, that first day or so, you're like, oh, my gosh, I have all this time off. I think, oh, I can do this and I can clean this up and, you know, clean out the closet and clean up the basement or, you know. And then it, it gets to be like the day before I go back to work and I look around like I didn't do any of that. You know, there's there's <laughs> you're just so busy with everything else that it becomes like it's all spoken for, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I mean like all the time is basically, Oh, we got to do this, this day and this, this day. And we're going to, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's good. It's fun. But I, I, I have to admit, even towards the end, I was kind of almost looking forward to going back to the regular routine. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, 
Aaron was home from school for two uh, oh, right, weeks. Oh, right, 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 uh, For yeah, two weeks, sure. yeah. He's he's a first grader. And um, I'm now self-employed. So it was really difficult to get anything done. And basically, I was just, um, I was doing my job as a mom and that was it. Well, <laughs> yeah. entertaining I mean, him. And, hopefully that, so. uh, you know, hopefully you didn't, you know, you could, you had the opportunity to do that. And, you know, it's... Um, it's it just is you know that's the way it goes and oh, be be happy that that you know no it, I am it, yeah, I, I that, mean, that was but, one of the reasons why I wanted to quit my job and be self employed was you know so I can hang out with him more so have but, more time uh, with him yeah, yeah. but there's a, you know there gets to a point where there's a little too much togetherness and you're like oh my gosh you're driving me nuts <laughs> yeah yeah a few more years he's got to get a few more years under his under his belt you know where where he'll you know we have two boys and and you know we're now guys you know whatever you want to say i mean older but you know they get you know they get into their own things you know they get into their own things more and in a few years you'll find and i mean you'll be still doing i'm sure and stuff and but you know there's there they had friends in the neighborhood when you know mine were younger and and there's just it becomes you know you still they're still doing stuff with them but you're not so quite tied at the hip and eventually they become a little um they can go off and you know go go do things and and even before they're driving i don't know if you have things any any things nearby but you know, mine were always doing stuff in their neighborhood a lot with other kids. We kind of live in a subdivision with a bunch of other houses and st- things like that. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's just a busy time, you know, the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now it's just like this endless, you know, of of up here in the north. And I know it's been cold everywhere. You guys have been pretty cold down there. You yeah, guys just must be freezing your whatever off because us, yes, you, you, it's a... <laughs> you people in Texas must like, what the, well, I looked at it's some of your temperatures. Like it's, it's like this, like it'll be 50, you know, the, the year, this is you don't get down to this low that often. No, it well, it does get pretty cold here, but it doesn't last long, and that's what's awesome because it it'll go away in the next week. It'll be seventy. Well, right, you know? I saw <laughs> so, some. I, I saw some of that. I mean, like even these places that got like the Carolinas that got snow and stuff the last couple of days, it's going to be sixty in a couple of days. So it'll yeah. all be gone. You know, it'll be one big water, you know, slush pile or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was fifteen degrees here, and I know that's not that cold. To some of you people up there, it's cold. It's hoss, cold. That but... well, you know that that's that's uh, you know that's about what it was here today. And I went out today. I went out to the movies. I went to see uh, that new Underworld movie, and uh, which is appropriate since it's about vampires. And the movie, the the this book is about vampires um, that we're going to talk about. But uh, but yeah, that's still cold. I don't like it below freezing. You know, your your body's got too much water in it, and it's mm-hmm. it's just way. You know, I I don't. Even though I've lived in Michigan most of my life, I still don't like really the cold, uh, and uh, I can handle it, but I don't like it. Let's put it that way. So, but um, we were going to talk a little bit before we got started into the book. Just generally, we both recently saw. I saw it over the holiday break. I think you just saw it a couple of days ago, but we saw that new Passengers movie uh, with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence uh, that came out. I guess around the holidays. Um, You've done this before? Oh, yeah. And it's safe? No. Reasonably safe. Now, 
see the movie critics are calling flashy popcorn entertainment. <laughs> Passengers is seductive, sleek, and sexy. You kill me. Pratt and Lawrence are electric. Wow. It's full of surprises. I won't tell if you don't. <laughs> Passengers. Rated PG-13. I really liked it. You know, I really like Chris Pratt. I mean, I, I'll just pretty much watch him in anything. Although I never really watched him on the the uh, Parks and Rec, I think, that TV show that he was on. I never mm-hmm. really got into that show. But uh, but I really liked the movie a lot. And we were talking about it a little bit before we started to record. Um, but we won't give away any spoilers. This is the movie that's basically about um, the, the the title kind of gives you gives it away in the previews. But... Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence are on this very um, long voyage on this spaceship, basically going from Earth to a, to another planet, you know, way out there. Uh, that um, this is sort of it's basically set in the future, obviously, and things happen. Let's just say. But uh, what did you think? What did you think overall of it? I loved it, but um, I, it, I I was telling you earlier that I mean I found I find found it refreshing because. You know, they for once in a <laughs> blue moon, there were people leaving Earth not because of some post-apocalyptic occurrence or because the environment sucks or whatever, but you know, just because they just wanted to, they wanted to go explore the galaxy, and people's lives weren't screwed up. They weren't leaving for that reason. They were just wanting to starting a new life on a new colony, and I thought that was cool and. I was telling one of my friends on Facebook who was interested in seeing it. I don't think she's a science fiction fan, so but she thought it looked interesting, so she wanted to know how what I thought of it. So I, I told her, basically, I felt like it was a love story first, an action adventure second, and it just so happened to be set in space. You know? Yeah. It's just like that was It could have been almost set on it could have almost anywhere. been basically to me it was they could have been on like a you know, an old time, you know, a couple hundred years back, uh, sailing, you know, ship cru- or yeah, a cruise ship going from like, you know, Europe to America or something like that. It you know could have just been remind- like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what else it reminded me of? <laughs> David too. Cause Titanic? We, no, no, no. <laughs> um, well, yeah, a little bit, but, uh, Wally, because oh, he, he sure. and I kept expecting to see, you know, some really overweight people in, <laughs> Hover chairs floating around, going to the spa or whatever. It's just, it felt like they took like little ideas from different things that they'd seen and put it all together to make this movie. And I like that kind of thing, you know. That's the way. Yeah, I liked it too. People Uh, get inspired, so. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was good. I mean, I heard a few mixed things, you know, critics or critics or whatever. Oh, whatever. I I just, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I just enjoyed it quite a bit. I, to me that, you know, I thought the characters were really interesting and it's a, it's a pretty, you know, it could, it could almost be like a, a play because there's not, it doesn't have like, you know, 800 people in this movie. Yeah. I mean, those two are the main, you know, obviously you can tell for, we're not giving away anything that isn't in the trailers, but I mean, they, they kind of have to carry the movie. So it, uh, yeah, I think it worked pretty well and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot and it, and it looks amazing. You know, it's got a lot of neat stuff in it and, uh. But it's not, you're right, it's not like a strong sci-fi, you know, techie kind of movie, really, by any means. Uh, they just sort of use the technology, but it's not like it's in your face, you know, super, you know, holograms or, or whatever. You know, there's a few little things, but nothing's super out there, I don't think. So, uh, but I, yeah, I liked it too. And, uh, well, it, one little thing I wanted to touch on, did you go see Rogue One again? 
I did. I saw it last night with Dave and Aaron. They hadn't yeah, seen it yet. Even though we've talked, I know about it quite a bit. So what? What? I just wanted to get your general ideas or thoughts about, like, well, what did they think of it, and and, and what did you think of it after seeing it a second time? Well, Aaron, again, he's six, so I mean, he's he's kind of he was confused, like, where's Ray? <laughs> I had to explain that this was a movie that takes place before A New Hope, but he doesn't know A New Hope as A New Hope. He knows it as Star Wars, you know, and and well, it should be. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, that's where that's what I always remembered it as. So I I feel like I need to show him A New Hope now so that he kind of knows where it fits in. But he loved it. And K2 is one of his favorite. And I I Mm -hmm. prepared him before because I went back and forth. Um on whether or not I was going to take him to see it because I felt it was a little too dark for him. And I mean, yeah, some dark stuff happened in a force in the force awakens, Mm -hmm. but, um, this is like, you know, big, big, bad stuff. Like the whole, everyone you get attached to kind of stuff. And I, and I wanted him to be prepared. So I, I I told him, but he wanted to go. So it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, like, you know, nope, nope, you're not old enough. Can't see it, you know, kind of. Yeah. Thing. And he really wanted to because someone gave him K2 um, for Christmas as, oh, you know, the Lego yeah. guy and, you know, the the big Lego thing you can put together. And he really liked it. And he wanted to know all about that character because he knew I saw the movie and I had to explain it. But on my second viewing, I, l- I spent more time looking for those little. Easter eggs, you know, <laughs> were you and really? Yeah. I was, I was trying to listen for general Sandula's name. Did you in hear it? Did you pick I it up? I didn't, I didn't see chopper, but I did see the ghost and I saw it in another set, like another scene that they didn't show a screenshot of online. So I, it, yeah, it's it flies in two past, shots, I think. I think yeah, it's in two shots. and uh, It flies right past yeah. the Admiral on the yep. flight deck right in front of the view screen. Yep. I was like, look, Aaron, the ghost. And he saw it and he was all excited. So yeah, I they like- should have shown it a little longer. You know, I'm thinking if they put, they, they went through the bother to put that in and, you know, it was like, you know, you could show it more than two seconds. You know, it's not yeah. like you're, you, you, I don't know. I, I, I would have kind of enjoyed it if it would have been like a little bit more there and maybe shot a couple of tie fighters out or something and you know but it's not a big that's not a big thing i just no but, but he really loved the battle that was his favorite part and dave enjoyed it quite a bit he was you know he he didn't have the problems that i had with it initially We're like i think you and i are on this yeah you and i are on the same page i think i like it but it didn't feel the same and i think it's just because i mean i enjoy it and i know that it's important you know it it kind of ties yeah, you know, a new hope with the prequels. It makes sense, but um, it doesn't feel hopeful to me. Like, and even though hope was the whole theme, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, you didn't get that hope until the end. Yeah, and we talked about like, it enough. So yeah. I mean, we did before, but uh, yeah, I yeah. I just was curious what what you thought. I mean, I I I've seen it twice too, and uh, and I actually enjoyed it. You know. M- Probably more than I, I my my level of enjoyment went up more the second time than I thought it would. I thought I would have almost possibly been even a little more down on it, but I think it was just because I was more prepared for what was going to happen and all that. So uh, yeah, so that, that so and then nice I could just kind of sit back and I could kind of because it was a bit of a shock, frankly, the first time I watched it. I'd say so, uh, but it's yeah, I I agree with you completely. I mean, I think the it fits where it fits. I I. Uh, I really just want them to go, you know, away. Even the, this idea of this young Han Solo movie, 
I think is going to be far enough removed from what we know of Star Wars from the movies that we've seen so far yeah. that it will be okay to watch, you know, or not. I, that's not the right way to say it, but I mean, you know, it'll be, it'll be, they won't have to put it between, okay, this is episode 2.356, you know, whatever, you know, they're not sliding it into just some little narrow slot where everything has to line up. And if it doesn't line up, you know, you're, you're kind of like, you know, you freak out. Plus they've gone through the, the, you know, the recasting situation. It's not like we're going to see some weird CGI Harrison Ford, you know, type of thing. So, uh, so that's, that's good in my mind. So I think that one I'm, will, I think that one will be different. You know, well, one thing, one thing that I will say I feel differently about after seeing it a second time is a CGI. You feel better or worse? I feel better. (laughs) It'll be different. You know, well, one thing, one thing that, I will say I feel differently about after seeing it a second time as a CGI. You feel better or worse? About I it? feel better about it. I feel oh, better about Tarkin because the first time I saw it, it was like, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> because I was. Is so that the voice you off. made when you were watching it? Did you throw, did you snap your fingers? And no, yeah. I didn't. But, you should, you um, should. But. but that's just the, I, I just turned, it turned me off when I saw it the first time yeah. because of the Clone Wars. And I, and I, and I want to get away from that because I think they re- the Clone War. I mean, the Clone Wars, the prequels relied too much on on CGI. And I and I loved what that JJ didn't use it as much. You, you know, there were yeah. a few characters, but it, they were aliens. You know, and so. But now I watched it again, and I thought, well, it's not as bad as I thought it was. It's yeah, better. Yeah, I thought the same you know? thing a little. Maybe it was just because I was used to it and, and prepared again in a way. But I, 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 as I was watching it, I thought. Oh, it doesn't look terrible, and I, 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 I still think he just kind of moves a little funny and stuff, and um, he, he, he almost moves. It was almost the movement of him uh, that bugged me almost more than the the facial stuff, which because he he just seems he doesn't seem like an old man kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's something about the way way he kind of you know stands a little straighter or something funny about it to me. It wasn't even the face. The face I was okay with almost both times, but uh, but yeah, I, I I get what you mean. Yeah, it um, it's interesting though. I, I may try to go maybe one more time. It's at a little local theater that I that I go to pretty pretty regularly. It's been playing there for a couple of weeks, and uh, I think they've got it for the rest of this week. So, but yeah, it's it is what it is. So um, hey, let's uh, let's get into this book before we just sure. talk Star Wars the whole time yeah. and. <laughs> Star Trek or uh, no Star Wars versus Hitler we're going to talk about no uh, let's see uh, yeah Darth Vader versus Hitler ooh that'd now be, that I'd, would be awesome. now I want to see that I want to see that uh, YouTube video or something yeah um so yeah we'll, we'll let's just dive right in so the this book is called Dracula versus Hitler it's by a guy named Patrick Shane Duncan. After this, I found a reddish-brown accordion file that contained a thicker document. This one stapled, the metal fastener staining the paper with rust. It was three or four inches thick and typed on thin paper, all carbon copies, some of the letters so vague as to make the text near indecipherable. Rubbing my fingers on the back of the paper... I could feel the indentations the typewriter keys had made on the almost transparent vellum. An original document. The first page had a title. The Dragon Prince and I, 
a modern novel by Lenore Van Mueller. Next was a manila folder, once held together by a rubber band that was now rotted and snapped but still stuck to the cardboard. Inside was a stack of old copy paper, the thermal facsimile type from the pre-Xerox era. The print was a brownish blur on stiff, fragile and very thin paper. They were copies of German documents, many topped with a Nazi symbol, that eagle holding a swastika. My eyes kept fixing on two words I did recognize. The first was Hitler. This name was mentioned repeatedly alongside one just as infamous, if not even more so. Dracula. The combination of those two names was enough to send my curiosity into overdrive. The very last item at the bottom of the case was a file folder of dark brown paste. I think we both heard about it the same way. We heard about it uh, via Felicia Day posted something, Facebook or something. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and, you know, I guess, I guess we can talk real, real quickly. I mean, I, I, I've, I've always kind of liked both movies, TV shows, books about vampires to a degree. I read some of, you know, there are a lot of different authors that that write that kind of stuff. I, I watched some of the vampire-type shows. I just went to see the Underworld movie today. So I'm already kind of predisposed to, you know, and everyone, you know, hates Hitler, right? I mean, come on now. So so the book, you know, the title kind of grabbed me. And Felicia Day, you know, always seems to recommend fun stuff. So, uh, and I guess that the author is a friend of hers or something. Is that is yeah, that what it was? that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Besides Felicia Day's sort of recommendation, what, what did you? Was that mostly what got you to uh, listen to it, or? No, I I love history and um, all kinds of history, ancient history, as you know, and then re- more recent history. I I love documentaries about World War II, and so when I saw Dracula versus Hitler, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that that would just be an awesome pairing. And it, it seems, you know, the title sounded like it would have some humor, you know, and that's not at all what we got, which, right. and, but that was a refreshing yeah. thing to me. But, um, again, I say refreshing, not refreshing. It was a good surprise that it wasn't, um, yeah, it was a big surprise to me. I mean, it, I, I don't know what I expected, I guess. I, I mean, we'll, we'll just throw a spoiler warning now, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little general, I think about the book and that, and then get into a few specifics, but the, um, I don't, you know, like I, you know, she said she, you know, it was a, you know, Felicia Day kind of recommended it, and then I started to get into it. So I think I expected it to be a little bit more, maybe not outright comedic or or super silly or anything goofy. I don't think she would have recommended it if that was the case. Uh, but but I, I didn't expect it to be like, frankly, like, okay, there's just this one little supernatural element in it. But the rest of it, 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 it's basically like almost written like a history book, you know, yeah. to, a, to a degree. And uh, like, hey, well, if Hitler, you know, or if Dracula had actually been, you know, a real thing and had been around the time when World War II and Hitler was around, this is what could have been, you know, kind of a thing. Like a what if there's this line of uh, comic books that uh, that Marvel Marvel comics used to do called what if. You know, like like what if Spider-Man was a bad guy or, you know, this this kind of stuff. So 
this is kind of a what if tale of, you know, what if Hitler and Dracula had been around at the same time and how that would go down and, and that kind of thing. So as I was starting to listen to the audiobook, uh, you know, and the way this thing, I guess we could say now is um, it's written in, you know, through a series of various like what? journal entries, war journal entries of different types, letters and things like that. Uh, it's sort of a, uh, I would have, I'll, I have to say at first, it kind of put me off. I think the first maybe quarter or so of the book, the first couple of hours of the audiobook, I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of dry and we're not getting to like, where's Dracula? Where's Hitler? What's going <laughs> on? You know, so what, what did you think as you were first getting into it? Were you I know you're more of a history person. So did that, yeah. did you feel that way though? Did it was like, did the way it's written put you off at all or were you okay with that? No, uh, in fact, I was kind of like, at first I was a little confused because it, it started out like a journal and it was um, being revealed these, the, this research that this, um, what was he? He was a history channel, um, documentary person. The first, I, the first few entries, uh, you mean? Like, I can't they, remember. They, they, yeah. Because kind of leave him alone after a while. Yeah. It, it becomes well, later. It just becomes the voices of, of uh -huh. three or four of the main True. people. Well, it, the reason it's, it's like that is because, um, he's reading he, those entries. Right. Yeah. Yes. He, he starts off talking about, you know, these vaults that are underneath Washington where they archive everything. And I was really interested in that because I thought, oh, is this real? Do they really have vaults everywhere? You know, right. don't they even compare Indiana it to Jones Indi and, Yeah, don't they compare it to the Indian? Yeah, they the compare it to the end of, of the Covenant and, yeah. you know, and Raiders of the Lost Ark and all that. And that's real. You know, not that the Ark is there, but he has seen things like that. And yes, it's, you know, they do have those things. And yeah, I started these wondering. Aisles of stuff. Basically. The way it was written, I was it it's, makes it feel like it's being told fact. You know, it's a fact, not yes. not a story. So right. at first, I was a little confused, and then I realized that this is a part of the story, and it was still that made it better for me. I think like a story it, you know, within a story. Kind yes, of thing. and yeah. and then all of the the story is told through these diaries that he found as a part of his research in these facilities that he visited and he was allowed to research. And, um, yeah, it's pretty, I, I didn't, I wasn't put off by it at all. And I, I, I rarely do I find a book where I can't stop listening to it. Uh -huh. <laughs> and yeah. this is, this was that one, you know, I just wanted to keep listening and listening, keep listening. and listening. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the, uh, I think I would have had a harder time with, uh, you know, recently I've been listening, you know, I've been listening or people call it still reading, but I've been doing a lot more audio books than I used to do. I used to just, I mean, I've always read a lot of books, but I've always just sat down with the book, open the book up and read it. But lately, I don't know, my time seems to be less, I don't know, I have less regular time to just do that. And I have more time sitting in my car, driving to work, driving from meeting to meeting or whatever. So I, I've been listening to more things on audio. And I, I, I think this book to me really works well as an audio kind of book and drama because of the guy who reads it, the voices yeah. and so forth. I think there's a lot, it seems much more uh, real, I guess you could call it, or uh, mm -hmm. it, it just seems so much more because the guy has like kind of an English accent, I guess, right? Who's reading it and, and he does yeah. all these voices real well because there's a lot of, 
we have characters from different areas of Europe and he's got to do, you know, a voice for, you know, obviously for Dracula, for the, for the, these various, and we'll talk about them a little bit, I guess, the, the various main characters. Did, did you think that you were getting a lot more out of it if being an audio book? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I usually, I do the same thing. I, I like to read physical books, but lately I've been reading a lot of, um, uh, books for my work. And so I listen to fiction while I'm doing, you know, mundane stuff because it gets me through the mundane stuff. Uh-huh. And so anyway, yeah, I, I happen to enjoy audiobooks for the reason that sometimes I can confuse them with movies because the vivid imagery in my head and, you know, a good narrator can bring it to, to life un, unlike um, some some books where you're you're not real sure what the accent might be or whatever you're imagining it one way, but it's not you know necessarily the way the author intended it. So you're getting basically what the author exactly what they intended when you're listening to an audiobook. And I felt after listening to this book like I had just watched an an awesome classic um, horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like I yeah. watched it. That's how vivid the imagery was for me. Yeah, so. I think it helps because you know they they you know they have this ability to to you know these if the guy's a, a good you know audiobook reader person whatever that they have these different characters come on and you know it's this person and this person and I, I suppose when you sit down with a book to just read it everybody basically sort of has your voice to a degree I don't I don't know if that's I don't know I've always it's not like you sit there and the words you hear the words in your head. You know what I mean? You don't hear this audio. Like as you're reading a book, you're reading it. It's not like you are, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but, uh, no, I get it, but I agree with you. Yeah. The, it it became very movie like in my head, you know, and I find that with, you know, not just this book, but a few others that I've been listening to lately. So, um, the, um, let's talk, um, a little bit, I guess, could talk about the well, the, the the main characters. I guess we can sort of go through and then and then talk about how they all kind of come together and a little bit of that and stuff. But um, the um, obviously um, the Van Helsings are in it. Mm-hmm. We, we have, uh, you know, what, what um, what's the older? What's the the Abraham? Right, Abraham. Yes. Yeah. So he he's so so again. Spoiler warning, but. Um, so they so they bring in these classic characters that everyone who knows kind of the you know the legend of Dracula. There weren't things here that were they didn't try to sort of change some of what they changed some of it to a degree, I guess, because there's that whole business where zipping ahead for a second, but where Dracula when they when they are with him and and as as time goes forth. He learns about this book written about him. He learns about this movie, and and I, I enjoyed those parts because of all the, the fakery of, you know what what it turns out Dracula is really capable of, what harms him, what doesn't harm him, versus the sensationalized movie that they made, and also the book. And I, I enjoyed that part, but but they keep the characters there. You know the Van Helsings. Basically, we have Abraham Van Helsing, who was the one that stopped Dracula to begin with. And then they have his daughter Lucy, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who are two of the main characters of the book. We have Dracula eventually comes into play, which we could talk about in a, in a you know a, you know a little more detail, of course. And then I guess the other real big character. I mean, there's a couple of others, but is is Harker, right? Um, yes. 
What's his first name again? Um, Jonathan, I right? John, I think it's Jonathan. Jonathan Harker, Harker right. Or who is supposed might, to be, <laughs> I think he's the grand, yeah, it's Jonathan. I'm looking at it here. I have a little, a few little cheat, cheat notes written down. He is the um, Jonathan Harker. Well, at this point in the book, he's a British soldier. He's basically a British soldier slash spy. And he's supposed to be the grandson of, of course, the classic Jonathan and Mina Harker who Dracula yeah. ran into in the past. Uh, so, um, so these are the main the main people we eventually meet up with uh, Renfield too, which which is a, he's a pretty <laughs> he's pretty funny, um, and uh, so you know what I was just trying to say is that they have the classic you know Dracula to to some degree the characters we're used to. Uh, what did you think about you know that and and any of the characters that you know what were your thoughts on some of them did you feel that they they fit was harker kind of a little uh i don't know sometimes harker kind of struck me as kind of a goof a little bit but yeah i <laughs> no i really enjoyed the fact that he was able to to take pick up where the movie and the novel left off so he didn't really destroy anything literally you yeah. know it, he just kind of elaborated like okay the, well this is what happened after you you know you see him die in the first you know in the novel right and 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 then like you said um you find out little bits of information which i hope we get to talk to talk about later as to why some of that is bs yes but, um, right yeah i liked that they they named um abraham van helsing's daughter after lucy you know one of the victims in uh the bram stoker novel mm-hmm. i thought that yep. was really cool and um jonathan harker coming in kind of seemed kind of like um impossible for that crossing to happen but um i i think at some point you learned that he was always really interested in knowing what happened because his grandparents right. wouldn't talk about it yeah and so he Asks to be assigned because he's an OSA. What is an OS? Um, here I st- talked about being a, a, a history history nut, and I can't remember the name of the, the yeah, spy agency in yeah. England. But he's a spy, and so he wants right. to be assigned to the Romanian um, OSS. Maybe does that sound right? Yeah, no. something like that. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, he asked to be assigned, and that made right. more sense because he just wanted to experience the countryside and kind of see, you know, if any of the legends, what, what they might, he might find there um, while he was on assignment. And so it made more sense after a while why he would end up there. But, yeah, um, I think that worked out. I mean, he, he was, you're right. He, he said he was interested in, in, in learning more. He, he kind of put himself in that situation. He tried to put himself somewhere where, you know, he was trying to be both helpful, but you know, then he learned some things that got him put where he was a little bit and all that. So I didn't find that too, too hard to swallow or too coincidental or anything like that. I just thought the, probably popping ahead a little bit, but the, the moonstruck, you know, when he starts to get kind of, you know, fall head over heels for Lucy was a bit. Yeah. Everybody loves Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, she's this like, you know, she's this take action girl, you know, back in the back in World War II, which was probably pretty unusual. And and of course, she's attractive and strong willed and, and all this stuff. And uh, 
and and then there's you know the... she's also a practicing witch well you know <laughs> she, that's the funny magic thing, Jen, that about, too. about that you know what i found kind of weird about that a little bit now that i think back about it is they do that a couple of there's a, a little bit of it but it, it really isn't much of a through line throughout the whole book. Yeah, they you use know, it they, a little and then it goes away and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you first meet her, she's casting a spell and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, oh, okay, there's magic in here. And then it's just sort of dropped for the most part. There's a couple of other things that come up later, way later. Um, but um, but yeah, that that is a little bit. But of course, her knowledge of things through her, um, you know, through her father through Van Helsing, through Abraham Van Helsing, she obviously knows about the supernatural. She knows about these things. Uh, and, and even though I don't think her father ever wanted her to be part of, you know, it's said many times in the book, he doesn't really want her involved in what's going on. Uh, you know, he wants to, obviously, he's protective of her and wants her to be kept safe, even though she's, you know, jumping in the war and she's part of this little resistance going on in, in Europe and he doesn't really, you know, he can't really stop her. But, uh, but yeah, the whole magic witch stuff was kind of like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about Dracula. Let's get into that, I guess. And the, what did you think? So, so basically they, you know, I don't remember exactly how they, they, they happened upon, uh, do you remember exactly how they happened upon the idea of, so Dracula's stuck in a crypt somewhere basically with a stake in him. Oh and, man, that was awesome. And, and, but, it, but I mean, they somehow, I don't know, was it Van Helsing or whatever, but somebody comes to the realization that, or, or the idea of, well, we need to kind of fight a, a, a crazy monster with another crazy monster, right? Yeah, uh, and, and so they go to to get him and and bring him back, basically. Well, and, yeah, the the Nazis occupied this village in Romania, which where these resistance fighters have been operating, and the Van Helsings ha- are basically the leaders of it. Yes, and and yeah. this, you know, they've been pretty much kicking butt and taking names as far as you know fighting the Nazis go. So they. They send in the SS, and there's a, a I can't remember his name. Is he a colonel or the one main guy? A, yeah, I don't remember yeah, his name either. He is. Yeah. he's a he's very ruthless, and yeah. some people die in awful, awful ways. And he's basically killing everybody in the village and taking like they can't fight to protect the people because. Um, then, then they're they're gonna single out their families and kill them, and you know they're they're pretty much just singling, trying to find the resistance fighters by killing the villagers and killing their families, right. yep. killing everyone. And so they become desperate, and Van Helsing's like, oh god, I mean, this is we. There's no way we can fight them. There's no way, and so he reluctantly decides to go check to see if he can reanimate Dracula because I don't know that he knew it could be like he I wasn't sure if he knew that Dracula was just oh wait no he did because there was a really awesome boss fight between Van Helsing and uh, Dracula in a like kind of like a, a past history kind of setup a little have, yeah and I, th- I think there was some and there he were, knew that he was yeah. alive but he was just 
like there's some out- comments about Van Helsing seems to have a much more scientific in- interest in in Dracula. In other words, yeah, he, he wasn't he wanted- willing to totally eradicate him. He, he wanted to understand him and how he could be the way he was. So right. he didn't destroy and, the body. Right. He knew that he was at least immobilized, that this um, this stake in him was just keeping him basically dormant, in, in essence. And so they go through this big elaborate thing of, of, um, of setting things up so that even if Dracula turns on them, they have ways to kill him, sunlight and things. So they're... Yeah. The way they set up his tomb was so cool, I thought. Yeah. It really made an impression on me. I I could picture it vividly in my head. They broke up mirrors, all the mirrors they could find, and just tacked mirrors all over the walls in his tomb, all over the floors. And then they covered the the windows. And when they kicked the lid off of the, the, the coffin or whatever... Do you want to talk about this part? Sure. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've already, already <laughs> we've already spoiler. Uh, like I said, we've, okay. we've spoiler, yeah, we spoiler warning. Alert yeah. Well, when they draw the the stake out, um, his defense to keep uh, Dracula from attacking them is to pull back the curtain and have the sunbeam reflected off of all the mirrors, and Dracula is basically caged in a corner by all the beams of light. Right. Which right. I thought was brilliant. He couldn't yes. escape. Yeah, I thought and so too. I thought it was they, really. I like when people are smart and not dumb. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. he's, you know, f- you know, he's just going to wipe them all out or whatever. But well, yeah. you might be wondering what. Okay, well, how are you going to get Dracula to fight against Hitler? What does he carry? He's a he's a vampire, but he was Prince Vlad Dracul, who right. was the ruler of uh, Transylvania, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a ruler of Transylvania, and so um, he's a patriot first and foremost. And they basically tell him these people are like, you know, the the um, Turks. They're coming into your their your your country and they're killing your people. And um, we need you to help us eradicate them. And you can have all the blood you want as long as it's German. Yeah, as long <laughs> so. as it's the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no, they they did a, you know, the guy that wrote this, you know, and I read a little bit before we recorded, I was reading a little earlier today, but um, he did a lot of historical research, you know, and he tried to give, you know, reasonable reasons for for what happens to as best you can with something like this kind of a book. And I thought it made, it worked, it worked well for me. I mean, I, th- I didn't have a problem with them, you know, like you said, that was a great way that they set things up. They had him kind of boxed in, so he could only, basically, they had this one little shadowed area, and if he tried to get at any of them before, once they struck this bargain with him, that he would, he couldn't get to them. You know, Van Helsing obviously knew that sunlight is one of the things that can hurt Dracula, so they, they had him boxed in there, and um, and like you said, he was, he he cared about his people, you know, in, in his country, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want his people to suffer and so forth. So he says there, you know, Van Helsing makes his proposition to him. He says there's this, you know, new crazy guy, <laughs> Hitler, and they're they're Germans. And like you said, he he says, you know, don't kill us. You can't drink our blood, but you can have all the German blood you want and so forth. So uh, and then um, what did you think when you were doing the audiobook? Did you think that the was the Dracula accent a little much? What did you think about? I wanted to ask about that specifically. No, I thought it was subtle. It was it nice. Wasn't too I thought. strong. It wasn't. Uh... No, it was good. I didn't. I didn't hear like 
Like, hello, hello, good evening, good evening. I mean, it wasn't like that, but I thought thought it was convincing. I never drink wine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought it was good, too. It wasn't too strong. There was a couple times, um, and, and... I was listening a lot of the. I, I listen a lot of to these books in the car, and 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 Dracula's voice a lot of times was about the lowest level on the. You know, mm-hmm. he was real, and I think that was in. You know, that was obviously intentional because he has this air of, uh, you know, nobility about him. So he doesn't speak loudly. You know, he doesn't raise his voice. He, do, you know, he just expects people to basically fall in line to him. Right? He's a yeah. ruler, so he's he's nobility and. And so he has this very air, you know, this air about him, which, of course, then Lucy starts to, you know, become attracted to. And I wondered about that. What do you think? I mean, I started to think maybe she's, she's being just, just attracted. this moonstruck uh, vampire. Uh, well, yeah, groupie. like maybe he's he's <laughs> enchanting her, but they they made it. They did. He did his best to. Um, Push her away. That. Like, like, no, Patrick um, Duncan, when he wrote it, he ma- he did his best to make her an independent, strong-willed, you know, unique individual. And you get kind of the feeling that maybe she just basically fell in lo- love with him because he was different, so was she. But I also wondered if there was a little bit of vampire voodoo going on there, <laughs> you know, with yeah, being th- able to entrance people and... Well, make, Especially uh, women, because that's kind of Dracula's power. But they never really go into that as far as, you know, they did, actually, that he could get people to do his will. You yeah, know? They could, he could. So, and and they, if you if you believe the way the book goes and the way it's written, at least, I mean, they're, it's pretty, they don't really, see, you know, he seems to have a lot of respect for Lucy, basically. So, yeah. I think he even maybe comes out and says it a few times where, like, he would never use his, you know, ability to sway the minds of people, um, you know, on her. And I and I, I think I'm trying to recall if – does it even work on everybody? I think I think there – isn't there something – it's it's almost like the Force, right? Yeah, it's like, kind of like the Jedi mind trick. It only works on weak-willed individuals. Right. In other words, <laughs> like, I'm not even sure that Lucy being being the kind of person that she was that um, that it would work on her. Although, wasn't there some scene where he kind of – she isn't listening to him. She isn't listening to Dracula, and he kind of pushes her away. I'm trying yeah. – you know, I don't I don't remember the, the, the exact details, but maybe uh, – but she's aware of what he's doing. I think is the difference, or something yeah. like that. But but no, I don't. I don't think that the the attraction. I think it was basically she was kind of a little bit enamored of him, and you know, being being who he was and all, and 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 the connection to her father and all and so forth. And uh, and he's very charming because he's a vampire. I mean, he's yeah. Well, he's no, aristocratic. He... He's he's very. Um, why not well because he's old he's wise and he's very educated just like she is she's kind of traveled the world educating herself because apparently she couldn't (laughs) no school would keep her that abraham would send her to because she was such a pain in the butt (laughs) and so she basically traveled the world studying until she got kicked out yeah she's pretty much a rebel she's you know they have a few parts of the book where they're talking about i think it's her journal or it's her whatever there's some references to her getting into all kinds of you know strange you know she was at traveling different countries 
you know, connecting up with a lot of different people, you know, doing some crazy things, you know, drugs. Yes. To, yeah, to, to say the least. Yeah. There was, there was, uh, I mean, she, uh, so it makes sense that she's a little, basically a little wild child. So she would be a little attracted to this vampire, you know? So, um, so then we get into basically the, 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 you know, the meat of the book, which, which is them using Dracula as a, as more or less a tool and going on raids and, and helping them fight the Germans and, you know, saving people. And, and there's a lot of, um, kind of classic vampire type stuff where he's having to control himself. Like he goes into sort of like, you know, vampire mode, like he's killing a bunch of Germans and like, uh, you know, uh, you, you got a pretty nice neck on you over there, even though maybe you're not a German and that kind of stuff. So he has, you know, there's a lot of talk about how he can control his bloodlust, you know, and that, and they, he's not very good at it though. That's the problem. <laughs> no, because he's, I mean, he, and he's very, feels guilty about it. And that's the interesting thing about the kid. Yeah, he does. You feel right. a lot of sympathy for him because you find out that the whole time he was staked in the tomb, he was conscious. Yeah. So he had a lot of time to think. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's always interesting to me because it's like, you know, I mean, okay, he's a vampire. Maybe you can't put normal things on, you know, you can't put normal. But, I mean, wouldn't your mind just kind of snap at a certain yeah. point or something like that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, but I guess he's a vampire, so you just sort of let that go. But, uh, but right, he's – well, I, I kind of got the idea that he, he's never really had to control himself that much. He, he sort of tried and failed, you know, a lot. And, uh, you know, but but he seems to want to do it for, for the cause and also for Lucy to some degree. And he also, you know, I, I should – I guess we kind of jumped around a bit. But the what I was going to say is, um, you know, one of the things we were going back to when they made this bargain with him is he more or less the, – their the only – you know, hold on him, the idea of him being sort of in a way an honorable vampire, honorable man is that, you know, he agrees to their terms and he says, okay, we'll just kill the bad guys. And, uh, and he more or less gives, you know, Van Helsing and the rest of them his word, right? Which, which is a big leap of, of faith, you know, that he'll just kill these others. And I know, I don't know what you thought, but I said, oh, that's probably going to not quite work yeah, out. Yeah, I didn't think that I mean, was he's a good like idea. I mean, he's like an animal partially, right? But so, that made it, that made the book more, um, what's the word I want to use here? Um, you feel more uncomfortable with him because it would be su- super easy to um, just go, because he's charming and you start to like him, but you know that he's still a vampire and, and everyone feels uneasy about the fact that they have seen him become a beast. Yeah. You know, they, well, they are uncomfortable with that. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, so they're their all little, a little, their little rebel. Their little rebel group is, is, uh, you know, several of the rebels don't, they, they get, they're scared of him. Yeah. They leave for good reason. They're, uh-huh. they either won't work with him. They won't ride in a car with him. They, you know, they'll, they, and, and because he slips up kind of in, in, in one of, you know, it's one of the fairly early raids that they do. He, he, he kills some innocents more or less, doesn't he? I think at least, yeah, at least one Romani. or a couple and, yeah. uh, or, or one of the people with them and, uh, and he, and he loses control and then he gets, you know, he gets it back. But I mean, basically there's like, they, they basically know they have a, you know, a, a wild dog basically barely leashed. 
and, mm-hmm. and they they don't really have honestly a lot of control over him. And the other the other thing that they never really that they don't get into too much is and now that I'm thinking about it, talking it talking about this book with you, that they never and maybe I'm missing something, but they don't ever really seem to have a good plan to deal with him if he does sort of completely go off the rails, right? They're yeah. not, they're not all walking around with a bunch of stakes up their sleeves and, you know, like, and, and, and you know what I mean? They're not really prepared, um, to ever, they, they are prepared. You, you know, when you talked about how they, you know, when they first got him out of his tomb, but beyond that, he's pretty much got, you know, free reign of. That's true. <laughs> I, 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 but I think it's yeah. because Van Helsing, he just knows his character so well, you know, knowing that, yeah, he was this brutal um, warrior when he, you know before he became a vampire, as you know, Vlad the Impaler. Trust them, you think? And or? feels like that part of his person is still there. Like he's a beast, but he's still Vlad the Impaler, and Vlad was a hero to, and still is, mm-hmm. to um, Romania. And so I think that's the part he's hoping will still be there, but he doesn't see any real choice because hitler at the time is just as dangerous yes right right so you fight fire with fire basically is what they're doing yeah yeah that that's i mean it's been done in books and movies in in in, you know with with like this you know you you fight a monster with a monster type of thing i mean that idea is uh is is not um not a new one at all and you know you got well the thing yeah, but the thing that I forgot to say was that um, one thing that they realize is they don't they don't have the the level of brutality in them to equal the Nazis' brutality. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they, yeah. Vlad the Impaler, he was explaining, you know, how he lived in a different time because Lucy wanted to know how he could do that. That was you know awful, and he was like. That was what you did. You had to show force, and that's what I did to, and it worked. They all fled, and so sure. that's just that was the way we were back then, and yeah. that, you know that's what they needed in order to frighten the Nazis, which wasn't working because you find out also that basically, well, you know, I I know as a history buff that the Nazis really did seek out weird stuff, you know, occult type things. Yeah. And yeah. you find out that they're intrigued by this beast who's tearing up their people, yeah. <laughs> their soldiers. Well, eventually they try to not... keep it quiet for a little while, yeah. and then eventually things get out. They they learn some things. There's a couple of incidents that happen that, well, the the big one is there's a you know he gets caught on film basically. Yes. So, uh, so I thought that was yeah that was pretty um for a spy that was pretty um what's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Big mistake, uh, or, or that was a mistake <laughs> that for a spy to just toss that out the window, a video yeah, camera. Yeah, but I, I I was okay with it. I mean, they thought it was going to be gone, gone, and they they were able to recover it. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's. I mean, eventually yeah. they were going to have to find out about him. They were trying in most cases to, you know, he would go into these places, barracks of of Germans and 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 you know compounds where where they were you know whatever air, this airstrip they take out at one point a lot of different places and they would kind of they would usually typically burn the place to the ground so there wasn't really any evidence of you know people with their like limbs ripped off and necks you know chewed off and stuff like that so but yeah eventually they find out about it and of course Hitler 
who what do they always call him in the in the in this book and all the journals the wolf right yeah yeah, yeah. he has a code name yeah the wolf the wolf the wolf and uh so he he becomes you know the, they they pretty much learn about this and they they want to capture dracula they don't want to kill him they want to capture him cuz uh you know the wolf wants to basically create an army of vampires you know, he says, oh, well, if, there, if this guy can do this, what if I make all my soldiers like this? You know, no one can stop us, which is a very, well, that's, seems to be a very, you know, Hitler kind of thing to think about, right? Or That's what the, that's what the OS officer th- or the, the SS officer thought he, his intention was. But really, Hitler just wanted to be immortal because he was dying. Yeah, he did. So he did, he but you don't think he also wanted. The, you don't think he was also looking to breed a, you know, an army of super soldiers of. of no, because uh, there was a scene where they were talking about that, where um, they were talking about how only one person can have all the power, and that person would be true. Him. Yeah, true. Yeah, you're so right. That, yeah, that's the way for him to have that power is to be immortal and be a vampire. Yeah, yeah. So it, he wouldn't give the power to everybody, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so. you can't have everyone be a, be that powerful, or else you're you got to watch your back all the time, right? So yeah, uh, so yeah, it's um, and then um, well, let's talk a little bit about a, a couple other little things, and then we can kind of round it out towards the end of the book a little bit. Uh, I liked Renfield a lot. I mean, he he's this um, he's Scottish, is it? Yeah, is it Scottish? And uh, he, demolitions he's, expert. Yeah, he's a demolitions expert. He's had a head injury. So he sort of has his almost like almost like two personalities throughout the book where he he he's super still great being this demolitions guy for them but then he also kind of his mind is sort of going or gone or or you know through this injury and he he always has these little ditties that he sings and uh, they're super perverted <laughs> they are <laughs> the language and and that but it's it they're funny too though they're they're like body little uh, rhymes and things. And uh-huh. what I enjoyed about that is, is you know, again, big spoiler, you know, spoiler warning for this whole show pretty much. But uh, the Germans end up capturing him uh, later in the book. And, and, you know, when they're trying to question Renfield, he just gives them these body little rhymes. And uh, he basically is, is, is almost the last guy you want to be interrogating because he's just out of his mind, basically. And, uh, and, and the character of Renfield, like we were talking about earlier, you know, they bring in this guy who's very, um, subservient and, and, and enamored with Dracula. He's like his little, he's like, he calls him master all the time. Yeah. He's like Igor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Well, he's like Renfield. You know, Renfield was like the little stoogie, the the little, uh, of, of Dracula. Yeah. Like, what do you call them? The, uh, vampires have them, their protectors. What do they call them? Ah. They're in Skyrim. Anyway. They're little they're, pets, more or less. Or? They're like they're like their their uh protectors. Yeah. They they they're able to walk it during you know, out during the light and watch over them. But Dracula doesn't really do much to um encourage to uh, encourage it. It just happens and he even tells them, Don't call me master at yeah, one point. Yeah. You know, he, just stop calling no, me. No, he doesn't master. he doesn't like the this this yeah, but he eventually just kind of he uh he's he becomes sort of okay with it. And he also feels very, I think, uh like Harker, um he feels very protective of Renfield too. Yeah. You know, and they you know, they the little group of them um 
basically go off to rescue. Um, well, eventually Dracula is captured by the Germans too. And so the rest of them, you know, Jonathan and Lucy and her father and others go to try to rescue in this big castle. And this is towards the end of the book, um, try to rescue Dracula and Renfield from, um, from the Germans and from Hitler because Hitler finally shows up. And uh, I, I have to say that I, I, I wanted a little bit more, you know, Dracula facing off with Hitler himself and not yeah, like they're going to the fight, book to be, you yeah, know, but a little more that. like a battle of wills and a battle of words. You know, they have, they have uh, Dracula in, in a cell for a long time and they're examining him and torturing him and all these things. And, and Hitler eventually shows up too. But I, for a book um, called Dracula versus Hitler, I thought there was going to be a little bit more of that. Uh, I yeah. wanted more. I thought that the end, you know, like I said, I, at the beginning, I, you know, I liked the book a lot. I enjoyed it a lot, but I thought the, I thought they needed a little bit more of, of that going on, maybe a couple of meetings or a couple of attempts, you know, or something it just seemed fairly quick at the end. But, uh, what did you think of that? No, I had the same impression, but I had to think about it as Hitler, as in the entire, Nazi army you know that's what it was misleading thinking that it would be you know Hitler fighting yeah. Dracula <laughs> could have been called Dracula really, versus the that, Nazis or something but right uh, but, but that it, wouldn't be as cool it wouldn't have been yeah. as big of a bang right yeah and no I, but it I, was still satisfying I, oh I, I thought still, so yeah yeah but you're right that there wasn't enough of you know their standoff but basically you see um Adolf Hitler more as a fragile person you know, in this book because of his illnesses and just his stupid little <laughs> things he has to have just right because he seems to be like... Um, well, you get... Yeah, yeah. He, he he doesn't come off very well, let's put it that way. I mean, no, be, and that's probably the way he really was, you know. But... Right. And also, he, I mean, he basically... I, I don't want to say he wet his pants, but, you know, he had a reaction. <laughs> oh, when he, he first had, saw Dracula? When he saw Dracula, Dracula, yeah. Dracula, that you would think that any normal person would have when he just witnessed. Yeah, no, you know he's what? totally outmatched with Dracula. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's totally, totally outmatched. And, and, and it's, you know, I think that the, it was probably smart and wise to not use Hitler very much. Right. Um, and you, you really, the book isn't really at all about him. He's referenced several times. He's giving orders and things through this code name of the wolf. But you don't get any kind of a sense of, of his military, you know, expertise or any, you know, there's no, you're really, it's really basically focused on this rebel group. You know, I, I, I was listening to this, you know, before Rogue One came out and, I kind of started to think, oh, it's like, you know, the Rebel Alliance and they're all fighting the the Empire, the Nazis, right? You know, it's basically, you know, that that comparison's been made before. Uh but um but there's, you know, there's a little group with Dracula, you know, along along with them fighting Nazis. That's basically what the book is about and the different things they the little missions that they go on and saving different people and also there's a lot of paranoia you know even the the good guys even the the rebels are are super scared and superstitious about dracula what was that one woman's name uh I, I kept, oh yeah she was a leader she they're <laughs> I the keep wanting to say frau Bruher or something but yeah she hated the, him you know she was like uh no i am not good to work with him 
Yes. You know, and uh, and even I when, liked her though. <laughs> yeah, she well, it, it made sense that not everyone would yeah. be just jumping in, you know, jumping on board with. Uh, with and I think he respected her because she was pretty ballsy for a, an old lady. I yeah, mean, she pretty much got in his face like, "I will kill you." <laughs> yeah, and she survived that one big, that one big battle too, or whatever too. She was like one of the only ones that that kind of made it out of that. And, yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, and. Um, what else did I want to say about the... Uh, well, the gypsies were very protective of him. Yes. And yeah. he ended up saving a bunch of them because during World War II, the Nazis didn't just round up Jews. They rounded up um, no, they anyone did. like... Yeah. Like gypsies were rounded up. Anyone who was um, mentally handicapped, um, anybody they thought of as degenerate was shipped off to concentration camps. Right. Any, any and Anything so, not, you know, of the... of pure german you know whatever but uh Aryan. Yes. yeah yeah so, so it um it was uh he saved them though and and so they they were already they already thought of him respectfully but then he ends up saving them from uh well, the train you know they were being shipped off to a right the big train concentration camp. the train mm-hmm. thing that happened yeah that that was a fun scene or an interesting uh i like yeah. that i liked a lot of the uh this this would make a pretty fun movie, truthfully. Like it would. like we said at the beginning about you know the audiobook being very, uh, it, they could easily make a movie out of this uh, or a little short mini series or something like that. It, uh, I think it. Uh, I was gonna say maybe before we even, re- well, I guess when we were recording, but um, I did enjoy a lot of the. I, I, I probably enjoyed the battle stuff and the and the little raids they went on as much as I did the stuff like. Oh, where Lucy and Dracula go to the movies, you know, and and he he he's all there's a fish out of water kind of big part of this book, right? Because he's been yeah. he's been like out of the picture for what fifty years or something like that ish. Mm-hmm. So so he doesn't understand you know cars. He doesn't understand motor motorized you know cars and and mo- moving pictures. And they go to the movies and. Uh, what do they see at the movies again? I'm trying to remember. Is it he Wiz- wanted to see, Wizard of Oz? Well, they saw or? Frankenstein, didn't they? Oh, I, I can't. I thought it was Frankenstein, and he was identified with them. He identified with no, the no. Monster. I'm sorry, it was King Kong. It was oh, King yeah. Kong. It was King Kong. He he did identify with the monster because, of course, it, they had that nice parallel between Lucy, you know, and the Beast, you know. So you have have the the you know. The Fay Ray character in King Kong, you know, beauty killing the beast kind of a line, you know, in the King Kong movie. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I like that stuff where they're they're just kind of talking and and then he goes into he's really a big he loves reading books. So she gets all these books and he kind of catches up on what's been going on in the world and uh, and he he always makes these comments about Lucy and women, how far women have kind of progressed in the time, you know, or, you know, he says something like, are all women like you, Lucy? And no, and stuff like that. And well, probably not everyone's like Lucy, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the fish out of water. That's always fun in books and movies yeah. or whatever of, you know, he's he's kind of out of his element. He's Dracula, but he's also, he doesn't know, he doesn't know the modern world or the modern, you know, world war world war ii type of world so uh yeah that's interesting i thought and airplanes i think are are a fascination to him and and a lot of other things that they go into in the book um which i enjoyed that part of it and uh yeah it was a good it was a lot of fun i i'd uh 
And and it ends without, you know, even though we've spoiler warning, we won't really say the last, you know, some of the last things that happen. I think we'll keep that away from, uh, you know, I I think that that's too much to give away. But would it, you it, say if it, you like the ending? It, yeah. No, I would say that I like the ending. And, and I yeah, was just going to say that the they leave it. Um, there's certainly he could certainly write another book, a follow up yes. to this. Let's just say yeah. that's let's just say unlike Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you could, uh, you could, you could, you know, th- there are characters that are still around at the end of this book. So, uh, so yeah, no, I think, uh, I, yeah, no, I liked it. What did you think of the end? Did you enjoy that? The way they left I did. it? I also felt it was also a little tragic, you know, because. Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, Abraham was so devastated by it, even by, though it turned yeah. out okay. It still was horrible for him and for her so but anyway yeah yeah no i think they did a good job with that i mean i was i was um i wasn't quite sure what they were going to do with the end you know actually when i first started to get into the book and when they of course revived dracula and he's around i'm like oh you know i'm thinking to myself as i'm listening oh well how are they going to resolve this at the end let's say they even do what they do you know like what do they do with dracula afterwards and even van helsing talks about it a few times doesn't he with Harker or somebody else about, you know, oh. hmm. Yeah, he okay, feels, go back in your box now. <laughs> he feels very guilty about it. That's part of his journal entries about what if what have I done? Yeah, he, he feels like I he done? let the genie out of the bottle, right? Yeah. And, and like, it's like, this is going what to am be I going to do? Like, uh, you know, even if things go the best they could go, you know, what are we going to do about this? And, uh, you know, it's 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 good. I think it's it's well put together. It's well thought out. Uh, it, it, it it comes together well. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I, I think I think that some of it, I, I, I think if they had trimmed a bit of it or the author had trimmed some of it, I, I think it could have been a little tighter. That's why, in a way, I, I kind of would like to see if they ever were to make this into a movie because I'm sure it would just get to the, you know, not that I don't mind background or don't like it, but I think they, some of it they probably didn't need completely, but... Uh, and, uh, it was a super long audiobook. <laughs> it was. It was pretty long, yeah. And uh, I enjoyed also, like I was saying about the sidebar stuff, I enjoyed Dracula, you know, telling them that, you know, most of the stuff in the Dracula Bram Stoker book and the movie were all fake, you know, like he doesn't have a problem with holy water and, and crucifixes and, you know, there, there's w- without, you know, I guess it's not too much of a spoiler, so we can say about the only thing that can really hurt him is silver. So, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I was pleasantly surprised. It was probably um, a lot e- a lot better than I even thought it was going to be. I mean, I just uh, I, I found it real. Like you, you said earlier about, you know, you were interested to keep. I got to keep listening. Another chapter, another yeah. another journal entry or whatever. Uh, and, and just keep, uh, keep listening, but it is pretty long. Yeah. I mean, I think in book form, it's like 500 pages. Uh, I forget how many hours the audiobook was, but I, I certainly recommend the audio version to me. I think that adds a lot to it. I, I think for this book in particular, mm-hmm. uh, I think so. I agree. I do too. You know, there's, there's another book that's somewhat similar to it. I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's called The Historian by Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kostova. The name sounds familiar to me. What is that about? Is it a, is it a, another war type time book? Or? Uh, no, it's actually a woman who is um, reading up on the events that you know of Vlad the Impaler, and um, she 
goes on this like this detective investigation of whether or not he was real. Oh, okay. And so, and then, yeah, it's it's similar. It's it's interesting. It, it, some of the things you learn about Bram Stoker's Dracula aren't exactly the same as you know the way he is in real life. But I I think that um, Hitler or Dracula versus Hitler was handled better. But I super enjoyed the historian. So if you liked this book, you should check that check one. Check that out one too. out too. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out. Um, I think I, I I know I've heard that name before. How long ago did that come out? Is that is that? A, uh, I think it was in not that long, two, right? Two thousand and five. Oh, it's that long. Okay. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Um, yeah. Let's. We'll just sort of wrap this up a little bit. And uh, uh, yeah, I hope you guys. Uh, you know, I don't cover a lot of books on the show, and uh, I should have said earlier, Jen. You know, feel free. This can e- easily. You know, if you want to use it for anomaly. You know, ob- obviously, or you know, everyone should be listening to the anomaly podcast over at anomalypodcast.com, Right. That still yep. still is valid. Uh, yep. And Facebook and, you know, well, you do iTunes, it. You do Stitcher. it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on iTunes and on, on Stitcher and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. Always so. very enjoyable. And, uh, and thanks a lot. We'll have to do this again. I know we've talked about a few other things we wanted to cover sometime. And, uh, yeah, I, I do like doing books. It's just so... You know, everybody's so busy these days. I know we were going to try to do keep or have meds with us as well because he's reading this as well. And Mm -hmm. but it's like even even today and I I know you finished it before I did. And I just finished it. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago before Christmas some sometime. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. But, you know, you get six months down the road and it's like ah, oh, yeah that dracula hitler thing and you start remembering you know you, you don't have all the real you know the basics of it but you're like losing all the little tiny bits and i i wanted to record this before we got too far but i was going to say I, I do like to cover books i just gotta find it's fun to find someone else reading one around the same time you know is it's sometimes tricky to do so. yeah i was doing two at a time i was doing one for the star wars stacks that we're going to review tomorrow and then this one and so i are started, you guys doing I, the um the rogue one thing catalyst not or we're doing catalyst yeah that's the oh, you are to the okay. rogue one novel yeah it kind of leads up to just, it just, so. just a quick question on that is that is that a fairly short book long book average book is it did you audiobook I, it? Did it's you, definitely not 19 hours. Like, <laughs> like Dracula, Dracula versus, versus Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Dracula versus um, Hitler, round 15. Ding. It's, you know. it's about it's about average. I want to say Is about an hour and a half, two hours. I heard uh, little maybe bits. More. I heard little. I heard a little bit about it because I was listening to uh, Star Wars Action News and their their discussion about Rogue One and one of the guys on there. I forget his name, Duncan, I think. He's the guy that always does all their books on that show. And he was talking during the Rogue One conversation. He talked a little bit about Catalyst. And mm-hmm. it sounded interesting. I, uh, I'll, I'm looking forward to what you guys have to say about it on Star Wars Stacks because uh, I might have to check it out uh, just to fill in some of the Rogue One background that uh, that should have been in the movie. Oh, did I yeah. say that out loud? <laughs> oh, you know. But anyway... Um, Oh, by the way, speaking of that a little bit, uh, so I just watched, without giving away too much, I just watched tonight the, um, there's a two-part Star Wars Rebels um, that was just on last night uh, that Saw Gerrera is on. 
Oh, okay. A lot of Saw Guerrera, like yeah. like an hour long, an hour of Saw Guerrera, working working with the rebels, uh, and it was good. And and you know, Forrest Whitaker did the voice. As I'm watching yeah, the show, I I'm like, that. I'm 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 like, wow, that really sounds like Forrest Whitaker. That really sounds like Forrest. <laughs> oh, it is Forrest Whitaker. Oh, okay. So if anyone uh, wants to see some more Saw Guerrera before he. He becomes a madman out in the de- out in the deserts. Uh, you go check out Rebels. Uh, it was good. It was a good couple of a uh, uh, couple of episodes. They played them both back to back last night on uh, on wherever Disney XD or whatever channel it's on. So uh, yeah, that was fun. All right. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed this uh, book review and other tid- tidbits that we talked about. Rogue One, Passengers, whatever. Uh, thanks, Jen. This was fun. I appreciate yeah. uh, you uh, jumping on and talking about uh, Dracula versus Hitler by Patrick Shane Duncan. And we'll put this up next week, uh, at least on Treks and Sci-Fi. And uh, I think that's about it. We'll uh, we'll just sign off now. Everyone take care. Stay warm. It's completely freezing out there. It's, it's worse than Hoth, I think. And uh, it's ridiculous. I hate it. I just don't. I don't want to live in Michigan anymore. Too darn cold. Too too darn cold for too long. Although we're supposed to be actually above freezing this week, later this week. So well, That's good. I think we're supposed to be in the we're, 60s We're or super so. excited about that. You know, oh, it's 35. <laughs> wow. Although, so get this. So I got to the movies today and, you know, it's, it's literally like 14, 13 degrees out, something like that. Not too windy, but, um, and as I'm, this is Michigan for you. I'm driving into the parking lot at the movies and, uh, there are two people, younger, probably like 20s or something, walking into a store, no coat, no coat either of them. You know, that's Michigan for you. Yeah, we're tough. So. I saw someone yesterday. It was 15 degrees, and they were in flip-flops. Oh, my gosh. See, see feet, I know. See feet and hands, and, and you they know. Weren't, feet they and weren't hands like are... hobos or anything. I mean, they were just people going to the movies in flip-flops. Really? Like they had, they had something to prove. Maybe they were from up north. That's, they wanted to show us that we were a bunch no, of No, no. See, see, we up north, we know th- about things like frostbite, so we would never do that. That's that's dumb. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I could go outside and almost handle this weather for a little bit, but I would have to have good good socks and boots or shoes of some kind that were warm enough and something on my hands. Because guess what, people? Blood doesn't really get out there as well as your chest area and stuff. I, I could go out almost without, you know, like you'll see these crazy people at this time of year at football games that are outdoor football games, you know, with taking their shirts off and junk like that. That you could almost handle for maybe just a short period of time. But your fingers, your toes, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Stupid. All right. Well, hey, you know, there's no lack of stupid people in the world. So, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Some of them even run for office. Oh, wait a second. Did I say that? All right. All right. Well, we better go now. So, uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Do you experience bouts of geekdom? If so, Anomaly may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's convention reports, cosplay topics, and commentary on Star Wars, Doctor Who, Star Trek, and other sci-fi fantasy genres provided a feeling of fullness while promoting optimal geekiness. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. Learn more at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Anomaly. Your prescription for geek entertainment.
This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.